Welcome to the message podcast for Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. Make sure you join us each Sunday at 9 a.m. on Facebook Live. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road and a new campus in East Rockingham at 414 Southeast Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, at our Harrisonburg campus, we have a Spanish campus that meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. Check out our website, cotnaz.org, for more information. Well, today we are resuming our study on the book of James. We're in the middle of an extended series, and we took a little break over our Christmas season. If you'd like to catch up on sermons that have been preached on the book of James, uh, you can go to cotnaz.org and catch up to know exactly where we are today in James chapter 3. I'm going to give you a couple key points about James uh, so you'll know why we chose the book of James is because it's about helping us to live an effective Christian life today. James uh, was the half-brother of Jesus. James had heard the words of Jesus and he remembered them. And James tells us to face trials with joy courage, and perseverance. James encourages justice. And James tells us that we must be more of just a hearer of the word. We must be a doer of the word. Faith takes action. James tells us to watch your mouth. There is power in your words You can speak life when you speak words to someone. James is known as the Proverbs of the New Testament. So certainly, James was a Jew, so he knew all about the Old Testament, and he knew about Proverbs. So the book of James is actually based a lot on Proverbs. Today's message is found in James chapter 3, verses 13 through 16. Let us pray over the reading of God's word. Lord Jesus, we're going to learn today about false wisdom. I pray, Father, that you would search our hearts, that your Holy Spirit would reveal to us if we have any false wisdom, and that, God, we would surrender it to you. We love you, Lord. We thank you for loving us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would please turn with me to James chapter 3, verses 13 through 16. And I'm going to ask you, in the reverence all of God's word, would you please stand? You can use your smartphone or you can look at the scripture on the screen. James 3.13, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy 
and selfish ambition in your hearts. Do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. You may be seated. Today's message is titled, James and False Wisdom. James cautions us that there are two kinds of wisdom. One, false wisdom that is worldly. It's carnal. It's of the enemy. It's not from God. And then two, true wisdom that comes from God, from above, that is helpful and spiritual. We must choose. Are you a comparison shopper? Do you like to lay things side by side and figure out what is the wisest thing to choose? I mean, let's see, okay. Skim milk, almond milk, or whole milk. Ah, let's talk about Earth Echo laundry detergent or Tide. Maybe it's Tide because that's less expensive. Mmm, I got one. Fried foods, yum. Or grilled foods. Pickup trucks or sports cars. James is writing to early Christians and to us. He's talking about a living faith and a living wisdom. So we want to choose wisely. Sometimes the world's words of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding are used synonymously. However, there are really different meanings to each. One, knowledge. That speaks of the accumulation of all the knowledge about the universe. But just think about it, people. Okay, you got smartphones, so you have knowledge at your fingertips. Understanding. It has to do with the correct use of knowledge. And then wisdom. That refers to the right apprehension of God and how you apply his word to your life. A person may have a Ph.D. from the finest university and yet lack the basic understanding about human nature, about how things transpire around them, about, you know, they can't relate to people. True wisdom can measure a person's character. Just as you can look at a tree and you can identify a tree by the fruit that it produces. True wisdom originates in the fear of the Lord. The Bible tells us in Psalm 111.10 that actually the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom, and all who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. Now, let me explain that. The fear of the Lord. That's why I had you stand earlier when we read God's word. We don't do that every Sunday, but that's in reverence of God, of his holiness. 
the fear of the Lord that leads to wisdom encompasses the concept of experiencing wonder because of his, you know, who he is, encountering God's glory. It refers to the awe-inspiring awareness of God's holiness. Next week, Pastor Jared is going to share on true wisdom. But today, we're going to focus on false wisdom. Have you ever thought about that? False wisdom, the concept of false wisdom, empty, fake wisdom. Have you thought about that? Think of someone that you know who has wisdom. And what are the characteristics of that person? What James Verse 13 tells us, James asked the question, who is wise and understanding among you? What if I asked you the question, for a show of hands, who would respond? Yes, I'm wise. Then I would say, what evidence do you have that you can demonstrate your wiseness? James doesn't care about your diplomas or your licenses. He wants to see your wisdom in action. You may be an expert engineer. You may be an awesome mechanic. You may be a housewife that knows how to cook everything and bake everything, and it's absolutely delicious. You may be a gifted schoolteacher. James says that a truly wise Christian can be an expert in their field any day. They can have an IQ genius level, but they're not really wise unless his or her life is characterized by meekness instead of arrogance. James tells us that humility is needed instead of greed. The quality of your love in the end is a better indicator of your true wisdom. How are you loving others? We are to show people by the way we live our lives, not talk about it. I mean, we can say anything with our mouth, but does our walk match our talk? We show others by our actions and our attitudes. The all-pervading characteristic of the good life that's mentioned in James 3.13 is meekness, the quality of humility, patience, and submissiveness. We are to be people of humility. Do not get swayed over the idea of humility. I mean, I get it. People think that's weakness. There is great strength in humility. A person who is under complete control of their selves is the same as a wild horse that has been tamed to be ridden. Humility. Verse 14. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, Do not boast about it or deny the truth. Do you have bad motives? 
Do you have bitter jealousy, selfish ambition, pride, and deceit? I wonder, have you ever thought of that concept of false wisdom? Wisdom that is not of God. Know anyone you might describe that doesn't have wisdom from God? For James, it starts with two fundamental sins. Envy and selfishness. I wonder now if I ask for a show of hands, and you don't have to do this. But this time, I would ask you to admit to envy or selfishness. What kind of response would I get? The evidence of false wisdom is bitter envy and selfish ambition. Bitter envy, it denotes a fierce desire to promote what you want, your own opinion, a harsh, resentful attitude towards others that God may be using to do something that he's not using you to do. Selfish ambition, it describes one who is consistently, constantly struggling forward for their own selfish ambitions, their desires. But it actually gets worse. James adds the adjective bitter, bitter envy. We know Bible stories that talks about bitter envy. Cain and Abel. Cain killed his brother. The brothers of Joseph. Well, they sold him into slavery. They were so jealous of him. The Pharisees missed the fact that Jesus was the Messiah. They crucified him. They were so jealous that they missed he was their savior. Think about bitter envy and selfish ambition. This is discontent when others receive something good instead of you receiving it. Think about the time when you know that you had the most experience and that coworker got that promotion. Mm. You got upset. Or do you have some strain in some relationships with others because of envy, because of jealousy? You fill in the blank of what your bitter envy is or your selfish ambition of what you have witnessed with others or that you're experiencing right now. The devil is determined to pit us against each other and our families, marriages, friendships, and other relationships. Now let me repeat that, and I am repeating it for the sole fact of it's an explanation point, it's an explanation point, it's an explanation point. I want you to get it. The devil is determined to pit us against each other and our families, our marriages, our friendships, 
and other relationships. Our inclination is to think about our interests, of what we want, what do we want to pursue, what's best for us, what's going to fit our plan. That's false wisdom. False wisdom puts you squarely in the middle of Satan's plan for your life. We all have stories. I'm going to share several of mine. When I lived in Tampa, Florida, I moved there for fun in the sun. And boy, I was driven by selfish ambition. I was a valley girl living in the big city. Man, I had this cushy office. I had the job title. I had the pay. I mean, it was incredible. I was climbing the corporate ladder. And every opportunity that I had, I would come home to the valley and I would flaunt my success to my family and to my friends. But let me say this, that bitter envy and that selfish ambition was before Jesus living in my heart. Before Jesus. Now, I've been personal friends with a wife and a husband whom, you know, that husband, while they dated, he was so jealous, you know, but, you know, and then they got married and he was still so jealous. He was so jealous that he would go out and check the mileage on the car to check and see where she had gone, if it was somewhere other than to the grocery store. He kept up on everything. And see, at the beginning, that was kind of cute. It was even kind of admired. I mean, he loved her so much, right? And then, you know, two kids came along. It continued. But 21 years later, it still continued. And they divorced. Jealousy. I have personally suffered pain from another believer a Christian friend who would express their jealousy of my personality and how God was using me. Their words broke my heart. Because, see, I knew they were missing the blessings of what God was doing in their life, the gifts that God had given them. They were experiencing the bondage of envy and jealousy. And lastly... And there are just so many more stories that I could tell. But another example of bitter envy and jealousy that's freely expressed on Facebook. While browsing Facebook, I have become one that just rarely uses it because it's so pervasive, so toxic over things that people post on Facebook. I've had several serious conversations with different friends, encouraging them to be careful of their post, that their words can and will tear apart precious relationships and also damage their character. Christians should represent Christ well at all times. Bitter envy and selfish ambition are two bad attitudes. Ambition alone is not a bad thing. It's when you allow your desires of selfishness 
of that particular desire. It's when your needs must be met and you let it get out of hand. You don't bring it into check. Now, you might know the name Bernie Madoff. He was one of the most notorious swindlers in American history. He masterminded the biggest investment fraud in U.S. history. He was jockeying for greatness. He was driven by selfish ambition. He died in prison. Verse 15, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. James tells us that such wisdom is not from God. It's earthly. James informs us with a harsh smack. Worldly wisdom is demonic. Did you catch that? False wisdom is not just a bad idea. It's from the heart of Satan himself. Now, that's sobering. We're surrounded by worldly wisdom. How much of the worldly wisdom actually influences you? Social media? The internet? Movies? Magazines? Music? The earthly is the sensual, which is our natural tendency. Earthly wisdom appeals to our senses. I mean, the philosophy is, if it feels good, just do it. I mean, I know you've heard that, but let me tell you something. Just because it feels good now doesn't mean that it makes it right. Something that feels right now can be destructive later. I visit men and women at the Rockingham County Jail, Middle River Jail, local prisons, and out-of-state prisons. And prior to COVID, I used to have a bi-monthly chapel service. These men and women live their lives they have in the past by focusing on the thought of, if it feels good, do it. They've participated in parties, sex, alcohol, and illegal drugs, and they never thought twice about it. Now, I love those folks, and they know I love them. I keep going back. Today, they would tell you, if you had a chance to talk with them, I wish, oh, I wish I had made different choices in my life. I know a man in Florida who was a practicing youth pastor. He engaged in extramarital sex. He chose to indulge in the frivolous, pleasure-seeking mentality of if it feels good, just do it. He suffered the consequences of a long separation from his wife, from his family. He immediately lost his credentials in the church and his denomination and the shame. Oh, the shame. 
he carried and the pain that his family experienced are directly because he acted on sensual desires. Worldly wisdom is demonic. James throws it out there. He does not hold it back. Verse 16, For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. The world is going the way of selfishness. The influence is demonic. Do not be influenced by the world. There's three bad negative characteristics in that verse. One, earthly, which equals that it's broken. It's not from God. It's not heavenly. Two, unspiritual, which means there is absolutely no allowance for a spiritual response. Three, it's demonic. Demonic keeps people in the dark, and that's where jealousy and bitter is birth, and that's where it lives. The false wisdom that was just described in James chapter 3, verses 14 through 16, is something that we must avoid at all means. There's another wisdom. It's true wisdom, and that's from above. Again, please come next week. Pastor Jarrett's going to share about true wisdom, which is of God. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. There is nothing wrong with feeling disappointed, having a moment of sadness when something doesn't go our way. But when it is left unchecked, disappointment can turn to bitter envy and jealousy. Are there areas in your life that you are more prone to envy or jealousy? What do you need to do to love God and others in those areas? What would it look like if you would show humility of wisdom this week? Do you need to ask someone to forgive you for your words or for your actions towards them? I think that those outside the church would step up and take notice. And I think that they would want to be part of a church if all believers were more like Jesus. What if the church would let go of bitter envy and jealousy? The world would be a better place. Please close your eyes. We're going to pray. We're going to get ready to close for the day. Heavenly Father, we love you. Oh, please, Holy Spirit, replace my insecurity, our insecurity, 
envy, jealousy, of your security and your joy. Oh, Jesus, Lord, help us recognize these sins that we can hardly even talk about. Father, when false wisdom comes, and not if, when it comes, God, and it appears in our lives, please help us to identify it and to change. You know our every thought, our every deed. Wonderful counselor, you are with us always. We can't, but with you all things are possible. I give you my envy, my jealousy. Please, Lord, help me to surrender all false wisdom to you. I need your help to experience victory in this area of my life. Oh, God, please help me. Everyone, eyes still closed. If you prayed that prayer with me this morning, for God to help you surrender all false wisdom, please lift your hand and put it back down. Thank you for your honesty. Jesus thanks you. Lord, we love you. We ask all these things. In your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening, please subscribe to this channel for the latest updates and new episodes.